and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 72. I'm your host, Brian Heinesser. Joining me this evening, Mac. Hey, everybody. I did you first. And Kimberly. Hello. And Ian. Good evening. All right. Well, how is everybody doing this evening? We have heat. Yeah. Heat? Oh, that heat is good. Yes, we have heat. It's been... It's been a couple of interestingly cold days where we had a small space heater heating the one room in the house that didn't lose didn't lose heat rapidly, and we had the birds in that room, and in the other rooms we just hid under heavy blankets. Yeah. Well, yeah. So did you have, have an equipment wife? malfunction? Oh. Hmm? Did you have an equipment malfunction? or? We had an equipment mal- malfunction. You could say that. Um, okay. It turns out that when one is dealing with uh, a boiler and radiator heat, Turns out that water in the system is actually necessary, ah, hmm. and that that water should be pumped by something which is reasonably reliable and doesn't make a loud noise. These are things I discovered as the uh, furnace guy was working on it today. <laughs> but air doesn't conduct the heat nearly as well as the water does. If the pipes are full of air, it's not good. Okay. Well, and this is probably the coldest day that we've had. Well, fifty last uh, night was the coldest night. Of yesterday the was extremely cold. Yeah, I had seen something on the news. Last night was the coldest night of the season. Yeah. So, well, and of course, you know, this time of year, car batteries start to fail. Yeah. Well, yeah. Your wife called me and asked, uh, you know, do you want me to come and give her a jump? Yeah. I, yes. Yes. Hello. She, so me and she my did. wife went to give her a jump. <laughs> you know, Hello. That's right. It just that just wasn't a spark. Ba bum bum. You know, the reason, Brian, the reason your wife probably called Ian and asked her to give him, give him a jump is because you did me first. <laughs> well, guess what? Ian got out there, no spark whatsoever. He couldn't get it up. So I had to go all the way down to Lakewood to rescue my wife. <laughs> From Ian. From Ian, right? <laughs> he sabotaged the battery on the van, so I had to, I had to go down there and, uh, and save it. But luckily, I have jumper cables on it rusted through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I got That's probably helpful. Was that, Ian? I gotta get some new ones. Yeah. Well, the cost you 12 bucks for 12 gauge. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, you know, so so that's what, uh, so, you know, uh, my, my prep time got totally wrecked because, you know, I, I had to go all the way down and I barely got home by, what, 610 or something. So that's been fun. I've had, already had an eventful mm-hmm. evening. You know, have you guys considered converting the cars over to Energon like mine? Energon, huh? Energon. Yeah, well, from what I've seen, Energon is a lot harder to find the gas. So it's probably going to be a lot That is true. Right, and it might interfere with the flux capacitor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Kimberly, uh, you got nothing yeah, on Yeah, Kimberly, what, what do you got I- here? Save us. I, I don't. I don't have too much. I've just been busy myself. I have well, not had so many problems with the cold so far, but um, I I have officially plugged in the electric blanket on the bed already. Well, I was hoping to make it to December, but oh yeah, yeah. Well, at least plug the last podcast because um, that you did it was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Oh great, thanks. I got another one coming out on Wednesday. The mediation conversation. This one about compassionate communication. Well, now the last one was really interesting because the the focus on it was was you know the lbg community and Mm -hmm. i missed the letter there um and and how and and how that creates slight differences in the legal field and how to deal with that and and that nobody and that's not a huge focus and it's and that is a problem with these not understanding these relationships 
Right. Yeah, I, and especially given, you know, the atmosphere where you're trying to basically help people who are having a difficult time. So if they come in and they're not feeling accepted or even if they just have to tell their story to kind of get everybody on on the right page. You know, again, I I kind of talked about it in the podcast, but it's a scary moment of vulnerability where you feel like you're on the line for, well, hopefully I'll get a good reaction here, but what if I don't? And that's just a that that amps up your your levels and and does not really provide a calm and safe space for people. Right. The other part that was interesting is that you guys did make a distinction between people who, you know, who really understood what was going on and then people who who were empathetic, right? But didn't necessarily know how to help. Yeah. Again, I think um, I think there does need to be in any kind of situation just just that you know diversity training. I, I mean, I've been in those and in different businesses, and sometimes they're really lame. But really good diversity training is really important. Just to be reminded that you know we we live in a world of you know eighty percent of the time you can make some pretty wide-reaching assumptions about people. But you know how much are you alienating or marginalizing the twenty percent? And there are different ways of of coming at those conversations that can really just just make an entire difference in the way things are going. And you know, with my mediation stuff that I've been doing, I've become really recognizing the way that engaging in a conversation, the way you approach it, can change everything about it. And for me, that's been really interesting because it kind of falls right in with the stuff that we've done with the free thought exchange and, you know, going into churches and having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also did a counter apologetics this last weekend. And again, just it's the it's the not so much what you say. A lot of times it's how you say it. It's recognizing who you're talking to and adjusting your communication style to fit that person. I've my whole life, I've been more about the facts, you know, like if, if I've got all my ducks in a row, it doesn't really matter how I present that information. That's kind of irrelevant. It's, you know, the facts are what's important. But what I'm learning lately, and it's a new thing for me, is just how you couch it just has a completely different effect on the outcome. So it's really interesting. Yeah. I guess the, the one thing I, I didn't, I, I don't know how, how you resolve this because like for me, I, I'm I'm the, I'm on definitely on the outside of that community, right? I have gay and lesbian friends, but I but I'm not I'm not sure that I would I, I I could certainly empathize, right? But I'm not sure. I mean, how how do we get how how do we make that diversity you know un- understood? I mean, because not ever, because you're not always going to have. I mean, you, you're going to have situations where straight people are are meeting for gay people. How do you make sure that they get those those tools? Because I'm never going sure? to be, yeah. Well, because I'm um, one, never going to be gay. Make it available to people. I mean, that's well, uh, one of the problems that I'm finding in the mediation world is that there's there's just nobody really doing it. So, okay. one, it needs to be out there, um, and then just you know, again, just kind of make the time to do it. One of the projects I'm working on, for example, is they have the uh, they have these sheets. You know, like when people break up marriages and there's kids to to deal with child support right and you know there's a lot of different configurations of that especially these days because you've got grandparents raising children and the parents are involved but they don't have custody and stuff like that Uh, in those kind of cases we have this one sheet where you are either on the father column or the mother column and there's no way to change the form it's so locked down with all the formulas that you can't get in there so i'm trying to take that form and 
make it so that it can be a little bit more interactive and you can identify party one and how they want to be referred to and identify party two rather than force some poor grandmother to assume the role of father on this form. It's just insulting. So so it's more than just LBT issues because I was going to say, you know, it's like like a priest who's never going to be married, never going to be in that kind of relationship doing marriage counseling, which to me seems uh, absurd. But maybe it's not, but maybe there is proper training to make that work. They don't usually have it, though. Yeah. So, so there I are mean, lots, of, lots of things to go into that. Yeah. So I guess you know, I, it's the same kind of it's the same kind of thing that the uh, the analogy I'm trying to make is that me as a straight man, I, I, I'm always going to have a slightly different perspective than uh, a gay or lesbian couple, mm-hmm. and and it, and it's bridging that divide that I think is important because. It, that I'm not sh- that that uh, clearly the tools are not available to do. I guess is my point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was interesting. I, I enjoyed the discussion. Good. I'm glad you did. All right, let's have the announcements. Okay, let's see here. Where did my announcements go? Sorry, it's a little computer problem here. Not too much going on with the holidays coming up. Um, things are a little bit quieter, but some of the good ones that you should probably know about are Monday, November nineteenth. Uh, Denver Atheists are involved with a Join the National Atheist Party of Colorado. This one's been swimming around for a while looking for a place and a date, and they finally put one up. I unfortunately won't be able to go, but I hope somebody can go and give us a report on that. I think it sounds like an interesting discussion anyway. And since we'll be talking more about politics today, um, always it's just a good time of year to be talking <laughs> politics. Um, Then, of course, we've got Thanksgiving. I hope everybody has some really good turkey. Uh, Coming back on Sunday, December 9th, the Humanists of Colorado is going to have their secular light celebration. And I wanted to mention this one because it's going to be in a different area. It's actually going to be in my apartment complex where we're not going to be able to do it in our normal place. So I'm renting the clubhouse room for that. And the secular light celebration is kind of uh, an homage to the... Uh, solstice, you know, basically the changing of the season and just kind of a secular way of, I guess, identifying this time of year and reflecting on where we've been and where we're going and all that kind of fun stuff. So I hope people will attend that. It should be fun. And then on Saturday, December 22nd, the Freethinkers of Colorado Springs are going to have a Mayan survivor party in downtown Colorado Springs. Yep. And uh, they I'll be there. The amateur skeptics quote, will party be there. like there's no yeah. true Maya. Oh, like, no to Maya. No to Maya. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm. I'm. I'm my wife and I are going to be down there for that. Definitely. We're we're going to make the trip. That that should be entertaining. All right. Hey, have you guys looked into the National Atheist Party at all? I haven't looked into it yet. No, I, 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 I'm really, I, you know, I've heard him speak, and I just am not on board. <laughs> and maybe we should have a, a, a more thorough discussion about it. But you know, part of the problem I see, even especially with even the atheist community, is that politically we are divided, and and so this idea of uh, that all the all atheists can build a platform that they can all agree on, boy, that's that's a. Um, to me, that this seems like a, um, uh, an uphill battle, but uh, but they're trying, and so it, it's very interesting. Um, we'll see. Well, and we've had this conversation tons of time, and I still stand by the fact that more of us have more in common than we have differences, and I think it's a problem of our intellectual honesty because we admit that there's nothing inherently connected to our atheism. We allow anything. 
And I think we just do ourselves a huge disservice. I'm personally, one of my things I've been saying a lot lately is, if you don't believe in, say, freedom of choice, um, if you don't believe in same-sex marriage um, or marriage equality, and you're an atheist, I I think you should be defining yourself as one of those atheists who does not believe it and leave it to the fact that most of us do. I realize that, okay. that that's asking them to put themselves as a minority, but as a person who's been a minority most of my life, it's not the worst place to be. But again, if, if you tell me, if the only information I have about you is that you're an atheist, I would put five bucks down that you're probably pro-choice. And I'd be right most of the time. Yeah. Not 100%, but uh, most of the time yeah, I would Yeah, on that be. issue. But I think that there, I think that there's even a lot of issues. I, I think that I think that if you get <clears throat> you know your average liberal and your average conservative together, they can agree on about yeah I don't know seventy to eighty percent of things, and it's going to be at twenty percent that divides them. And I think that we're that we're going to see the same thing with with these with atheists as well. Is that there's going to be there's going to be certain stuff that that divides them. So we'll okay. see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know where it'll come from, but um, I, I, I wish I could make that one. All right, so everybody go and vote for uh, the at the 5th D for Ian's story. If you haven't read it, you've got no excuse. It's free. Yep, well, basically it's up till the end of this month, so new issue comes out December, so we've got a couple more weeks. All right, so now on to more blasphemous news. Yeah. Disney now, is now the owner. The, oh, go the, ahead. I got a great introduction. Okay. Over the All last right. few weeks, there's a, been a fair amount of news going on. Um, the East Coast had some rain and snow and stuff, and um, about a week ago on TV, there was something about showing that the. Um, all the states were turning either red or blue. You know, all this minor, insignificant stuff. But the big news that came out, the one that really is going to impact us all, I think, <laughs> is the fact that um, basically Lucas, George Lucas, has agreed to sell Lucasfilm to Disney for $4.5 billion. Now, this is the type of thing that one of the reasons why I definitely would put it out here is because it's definitely something to be skeptical about as to what the outcome is going to be. All right. It's one of those things, you know, you see it and you're like, wait a minute, what? And then the next surprise that they added, the the, the buyout was the first surprise. Then like five minutes later, everyone on Facebook was putting up, oh yeah, and they've announced that they will be doing a Star Wars Episode 7 now. And that's the one that I think really hit me the hardest in the, um, the whole thing. But then you well, start hearing things, start looking at it. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, you just know that Disney's going to screw up Star Wars like they did the Muppets and and Avengers. and Pixar and and Marvel. Yeah, so that, that's one of the things. <laughs> They're just going to do a terrible, terrible job, and nobody's <laughs> no, going to go see those movies. Here's the deal. Lucas Twice. had already said he was stepping down. Lucas had announced that, and he found his replacement. I forget her name right off. Yeah, it doesn't Kathy matter. Kathy Kurtz. Okay. Yeah, and Kathy she's an established Kurtz. filmmaker who he trusts. And so what is happening is she's the one who's officially still going to be in charge of Lucasfilm. She will only report to the head of Disney. So basically, it's not like Disney can bully him around. She only reports to the head of Disney, no one else. Lucas himself is taking a backstage to this. He'll be there to consult and give his own advice and stuff, but he'll have really no true control over it, which could actually be a good thing after what we saw with the prequels. Um, I refuse to acknowledge that the prequels exist. (laughs) They have some good stuff in there. Yeah, occasionally. It would have been a lot better if they would have killed Jar Jar, but... It was like watching Anchorman. It wasn't a great movie, but it had a bunch of great bits. Yeah. 
I'm gonna have well, to disagree on on, on your slight on Anchorman now. <laughs> no, no, it's not a slight on Anchorman. Are you kidding? That movie is awesome. I'd watch that over any of those prequels. Oh, yeah. oh Baxter, you're so wise. <laughs> you're like a miniature Buddha covered with hair. Scotch, 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 scotch. I guess no one will ever know what San Diego really means. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to that other thing. <laughs> Anchorman and Talladega Nights. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, Kimberly. I, I'm, you, I am s- sincerely apologize if that sounded like a slight. Because it, it, it wasn't a coherent movie, but man, the, it's just so much fun. Each, each individual section is absolutely great. Mm-hmm. So would you forgive me? There was a fair amount of follow-throughs, of course. Um, the, uh, to me, the coolest one was George Lucas basically saying straight out he's been donating the majority of the $4 because George Lucas was the only owner. He didn't, you know, no one else owned it. He was the owner of Lucasfilm and sold it for $4 billion, so he gets all the money. Well, well he got to put his name on it and everything. Yeah. He's not keeping most of it. He's, he'll probably be a millionaire. He'll probably keep a few million to make sure he, you know, he can do what he wants that his family's provided for. But the majority of that $4 billion, He's saying he's just going to give away. He's not waiting until he dies or anything. He doesn't need it. And that is one thing I'm looking like, okay, that is too cool. He has his priorities straight. He's not worried about the money for the money's sake. You don't think that he's giving that $4 billion to education to try to undo the damage the prequels did? <laughs> uh, you want to come to the gun show? <laughs> uh, but so yeah, he's, he's donating most of the $4 billion, And it's like, wow, that's, you know. It, it's harder, it, well, you know, he, he may have messed up the prequels, it's hard and hard to really hate the guy. It's like, no, he's doing the right thing. You have to agree with that. That's cool. So then, of course, more news keeps coming out. The next one was, supposedly Harrison Ford was interviewed, saying that he would love to be in the, um, episode 7 as long as he gets a death scene. He wants Han Solo to die. Oh, he, cool. he, had got, death, he had a death scene in, in, in A New Hope. He shot Greedo. That's a death scene. <laughs> Yeah, I do know. And he of, shot first. Well, yeah, Han shot, shot first. Everyone knows that. But um, he basically, I, I've seen the interviews in the past where he has said that uh, he always felt Han, Han should have died in Return of the Jedi. And so that makes sense where he's saying, hey, listen, you want me? Give me a good death scene. Let me go out, you know, give the character, you know, an out. Now, of course, if past history is any relevance, when they killed Chewbacca off in the books, there was a huge uprising of hate mail and stuff, and people were pissed. So I have no idea how killing Han off in a movie is going to go over with Sam. Even if Harrison Ford say no, I want it to happen. So that should be interesting. And then the next big news that came out shortly after was that the writer, that they actually have a writer already set up, and he's been working for several months now on the treatment for it, but he was the writer for Story, Toy Story 3, and he's also the writer for um, Little Miss Sunshine. So, obviously, it looks like this deal's been in the works for some time. My guess is, um, after Lucas decided to retire, he wanted to sell the company to Disney, and part of the deal probably consisted of Disney saying, hey, listen, if we're going to take it over, we want to do the sequels. And because, it, you know, they definitely had already planned out that it was happening. So, but that's, to me, is you know, about the biggest news that came out over the last few days. I think, like I said, there was some other stuff going on, but yeah, I'm not sure if that's whatever. anything to concern yourself with. To me, this was non-news. <laughs> it's like, whatever. You're selling it to Disney. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah, well, well that was you know, not like 
it's not like there hasn't been a pretty strong relationship between Lucasfilm and Disney right. for years now with Star Tours, exclusive figures in the Disney parks and things like that. This just kind of formalized it. Yeah, that, that's why the Disney part wasn't the big surprise. The big surprise that really was like, wait, what's going on with them announcing the new Star Wars movie? Uh, and I will tell you exactly how this whole Lucas thing came down. Now, picture me holding up two fingers on my right hand as I say, you want to sell the company to Disney. You'll give the uh -huh. money to charity. These aren't the jokes you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty excited by the news, too. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it was in the works for quite a while, but I was surprised by it and hopeful. I mean, you know, Disney's been doing some really great movies lately. so Especially when they stand back and let the creative people mm -hmm. do the work. You know, yeah. like, you know, Pixar's been doing fine being part of Disney. We got the Avengers last year, and that was part of Disney. You know, they're doing a very good thing of hands off saying, okay, you guys know what you're doing. We will stand back and let you do it. Mm -hmm. and, you know, there was yeah, the a The nerdgasm rumor. right now is the idea that maybe Joss Whedon directs next Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> I don't think that'll happen. I'd love it, but he's so, he is the one heading up the Marvel side of um, everything now. He's going to be yep. busy taking care of that and setting up for Avengers 2. He's not going to be able to get involved in Star Wars. I want Guillermo um, del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> there is a uh, there's a rumor out there also that Disney's looking to buy Hasbro, although both companies are denying it. They're they're leaving wiggle room in there too, and it would actually kind of make sense considering that Hasbro has the licenses for and has had for years the licenses for two of their properties now, which is Marvel Comics figures and toys and uh, Star Wars toys as well. Yeah, but I won't put anything into that. Le Lego owns the exact same licensing rights. They got Marvel, they got Star Wars, and they have Disney licensing rights. Nah, that itself, no. Nah, I'm not seeing that happen. Yeah, Disney's owned Lego for about five years, Ian. Uh-huh. No, not really. I can't support that. <laughs> uh, You're calling bullshit on yourself? Is that... Is I that am. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyway, okay, so I mean, I, I I was I was excited by the news. I thought, great. Let hopefully they can do better than Lucas. But yeah, how Lucas, could you not? Lucas had to have it taken away from him a while. Yeah, I mean, he's he's lost he's lost credibility. Well, he, was, he was burnt out from it. You, you get the impression that one of the things is after the way the prequels went over, he was kind of like, you know what? I, I really don't like the criticism and stuff. I'm just going to, you know. And I, so this whole move makes a lot of sense. I think Lucas's forte has always been visuals. Yeah. And if he would let other people do the other stuff and just do the visuals, he'd, his movies would be as beautiful verbally as they are to look at. I, his, the scenes in the prequels, if you watch the prequels with the sound off, they're beautiful. Yeah. If you watch the, if you watch the, the action scenes, if you watch the, the planetscapes that he, I won't say he created, but he approved... They're absolutely fantastic to look at. Yeah, the fight scene between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Jango Fett was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, what you do is you, you um, if you if you turn off the sound and everything, and then you play it with uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall, it's, it matches up perfect. <laughs> Are you going to call bullshit on yourself? Yeah, yeah, I, I probably should, right? No, right? I should. The skeptics thing is we, we call bullshit on ourselves when, when necessary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good. So hopefully Disney can uh, step it up. Yep. 
Actually, they should step it up. That's copyrighted. I'll edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) These aren't the jokes you're looking for. These aren't the jokes you're looking for. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Boy. All right, what's next? Well, we got me. I, I don't know. So I, I should preface this with the, the person who sent this to me. The said in there, see, Jenny McCarthy was right, and the and the and the and this is from uh, what the Heartland Times. Uh, oh, the Times Health and Family. So, but this is not the New York Times. It's just the Times. I don't know where this magazine is from. But anyway, it's a pregnant mothers flu linked to higher risk of uh, um, autism amongst children. And how is uh, that Jenny McCarthy being right? Because uh, Jenny McCarthy doesn't want the doesn't want children vaccinated. Well, but but she, the she pregnant mothers flu has nothing to do with ch- with childhood vaccination. Well, she knew there was a link. She got it completely backwards, but she knew there were, there was a link. Okay, you gonna call bullshit on this one? Yeah, I did. I called bullshit on him, but you know, the, the, it was just that you know the way he titled it is like, oh, I have to go read this. Yeah, because the article is recommending they get the flu. Vaccine, exactly. So they don't get the flu. Yeah, no, so no, she's vaccination can stop the kid from getting autism. Yeah, this was just one of my coworkers harassing me. And he spent the day harassing me about it too. So basically, the, this was a study done in Denmark, um, 19, 1997 to two thousand three. Um, it is a self-reported analysis. So mothers answered questions um, about infections they might have had during pregnancy. So, so already we've got a huge problem. Might have had during pregnancy. There, there's no verification that they had the flu or not. Um, but amongst these people who said that they had gotten sick, that there did seem to be higher rates of autism, uh, lower birth rates or lower birth um, weights. Sorry, and uh, so it, it it it's an inter- it's it's interesting, and I would certainly like to see the entire study. Um, but it it did seem to show a correlation um, between people who got the flu and children who had autism. So yeah, so the idea here is it is that if these people had been vaccinated, that we would have seen a much lower um, rate of autism amongst these amongst these people. And the, the study was, what it says, uh, nearly uh, 97,000 people, which is, which is a good sample size, right? But right there from the beginning, you got to go, what does this really mean? Because they're self-reporting, um, you know, what they're – so they're self-diagnosing whether they had the flu or not. So take it for what it's worth. It was interesting, um, but I, I have trouble putting a lot of weight into a self-reported study like this. Yeah, I mean, it would. A lot of people do, you know, call in sick with the flu, and and when you get the flu, you know, you have the flu. I mean, it's it's pretty serious. You know what we tend to learn, or what we tend to call a cold. We call them a flu sometimes, but really, it's not the flu. So well, that and there's is a lot of non-specific viri that people say I have the flu also. Yeah, and, and it's a twenty-four exactly hour freaking bug. Right. Yeah, but to do this right, you really need to have a control. You know, um, which I guess are people who all had flu vaccinations, and we know didn't get the flu, and then a, a sample of people who actually did get the flu to look at, and they don't have that here. No, self-reported is not necessarily the horrible part here. Um, I mean, because you, you know, unless you're going to keep people in 
in laboratories all their lives, a lot of things are going to be self-reported. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, like I said, the the actual definition of did you get the flu, I, I think, is very often over-reported. But um, otherwise, it does make a lot of sense. It also really kind of brings back that the realization. I mean, thousands and thousands of people die of the flu every single year, not with a bird flu epidemic or anything like that. That's when things go into the millions. But the flu is a very, very serious, serious thing to happen to you. And the fact that they do have the flu vaccine out there and we've got populations that seem to refuse to do it is just silly. Well, and what's scary is that we have a population of nurses who refuse to do it. And and so people in hospitals who are, are transmitting the flu. It's it's scary to think that we have medical workers who, who are anti-vaxxers. Yeah. That's where this stuff starts to scare me. I, I can look at this and say, and, and I'm I would be comfortable saying, well, it's enough that is is enough to suggest that you don't want to get the flu while you're pregnant, so get the damn vaccine. That there's that clearly, you know, um, we we can say that there that you know this suggests that the vaccine is going to be way safer than getting sick, and it always is. So. Uh- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but the flu vaccine is nothing but a way to, to distribute government nano machines. I don't know why you don't have the crickets just right Yeah, I know. I, I really need the crickets. <laughs> That's right there. It's yeah. a base bar. <sighs> I'll, <laughs> I'll add them in in post. She's saying you need a keyboard shortcut for that. Well, you know what? That can be arranged. <laughs> Believe you me. <laughs> and the shingles vaccine? That's bullshit. You know, if those suckers come off the roof, whether you've been vaccinated Ugh. or not, you're going to get hit by them. <laughs> These aren't the jokes you're looking for. All right. I got another one here. And actually, this kind of... we found our title, by the way. These aren't the jokes jokes you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, I think we have. I think you're right. So um, this is an interesting one. No, it's not interesting. I take that back. This is a ridiculous one. Hurricane Sandy blamed on gays, Obama and Romney. Uh, gays, Obama and Romney, preacher... John, wait, wait, hold on a minute. Obama and Romney are gay. Apparently. I mean, I'd heard rumors about Obama. But <laughs> I, I, did, they, did they do it together? Because I, I'd, I'd watch that video. <clears throat> Why don't you go bullshit on yourself right now? Um, I know basically, and, and this story is everywhere. So it's, it's, it, it, it just is one of those ones I find well, irritating. So, Kimberly, why are you in the gay community trying to um, cause hurricanes? Well, because they are. Um, I, um, and then. <laughs> We would also want – no, I don't know. And I'm very sorry <laughs> to go off on a complete tangent here, but even more interesting than this article of this idiot who says crappy, stupid stuff, mm-hmm. um, up top it says the Boy Scouts uh, lose corporate sponsors over their anti-gay policy, and it looks like UPS and Intel have both uh, withdrawn corporate sponsorship from the Boy Scouts mm-hmm. until they change their ways. Oh, I didn't see that till now. That, Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. I actually did read some fairly compelling evidence. Okay, it was a webcomic, but I did see read some fairly compelling evidence that indicate that gays do cause hurricanes. Because apparently, uh, God was supposed to stop the hurricane, but he was busy watching gay porn. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Well, listen, we know that God really likes to fuck with his followers. I mean, we have that whole book called the Bible. Yeah. You know, and he put fossils everywhere just to confuse them. And then he tells them, hey... I want Romney to win. <laughs> yeah, he was snickering behind his hand on that one. Oh, yeah, he was. Well, I mean, he told Glenn Beck. What do you expect? <laughs> yep. All right. I, I, I have this image in my mind now of the, of the, of the French knights from 
Monty Python a Holy Grail going, I told him we already got one. <laughs> God going, I told him I robbed Romney to win. <laughs> <laughs> And don't legalize that uh, that herb. All right, <laughs> I think that's clearly all we need to say about that. Yeah. Moron. Okay. That douchebag makes a stupid statement. Yeah, douchebag makes a stupid statement. Yeah, it was, and it was stupid. I mean, and, and what's funny about it, right? The the one thing that that is funny about this whole thing is that if you look at the global warming model. This is predicted in the model. These these mm-hmm. floods and these storms, right? Yeah, okay. We can't say that this flo- this particular storm is the result of global warming, right? But um, and actually, I heard a great analysis for that, um, and it was a baseball analysis, so everybody will get it. Um, when there was heavy doping going on, you know that there were more home runs and longer, but you could never attribute any single one of those home runs to um, uh, to doping. But you could, but you could the trend, and it's the same way here. We can look at the trend of storms, and we can say, you know, here this is what's going on. But instead of, uh, of looking at actual scientific evidence, no, it, it's the gays, and God is mad at America. It's just, it's just so. I, do they even believe it? I don't even know that they believe what they're saying. These things come out of their mouths, and I don't even know that they that they believe anything that they, that they're saying. It's an interesting question. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they're so clearly grasping at straws, and um, they, they, you just don't can't tell what they're really motivated by these days. It's it's very bizarre. I don't know. No. I'd, I'd love to hear them kind of. I'm sure they would state that they honestly believe it, but it does seem too ridiculous to buy. It, it, it seems way too ridiculous to continue to say this stuff. I mean, the and you know, the I I had this conversation a couple days ago with. Uh, with Sam, I was talking about the fact that when we're talking about conservatives, the people who claim to be conservatives are actually reactionaries. And essentially, they want radical change by putting things back to the way they were, you know, like 50 years ago. Or how right. they'd like to believe they were 50 years ago. Yeah, or how they would like to believe they were. But essentially, they want to create radical social change by violent or nonviolent means, but by, by going back to the past. Whereas radicals want to create violent social change by moving forward into a, into a future. So radicals and reactionaries are opposite each other. What, but the point that I'm making, though, is that these people are not actually conservative. They're not trying to conserve anything. They're just trying to... The only real conservative I, th- I think I've actually seen is probably Stephen Colbert. <laughs> okay, so, so I, would, uh, I would definitely disagree with that because I think that, I think that the, what these people are trying to do, and you're right, it comes you know, back to the 50s. You know, when you hear that, when you hear Bill O'Reilly say that, well, this isn't a traditional America anymore, and you and you know, and everybody's talking about how this isn't your father's America anymore. Yeah, absolutely right. It's not, and and it can't be. Things have to change. Traditional America included slavery, and as you mentioned pre-show, cowboys and cowboys. Yeah, I mean, so so you can look at the history of our our two hundred year, three hundred year, whatever history, right? However far back you want to go, when you know when we signed the Declaration or not, and and you can see that we have evolved, we have changed. But the thing that the the thing that I think motivates them is that they see these changes as being harmful because it's because it's different than the America that they grew up with, and yet in some of us. 
look at this and go, these are the changes that we want. This is the America that we want, right? It's our turn now. The, the you know these these good old white boys have got to go away, and and the new generation gets to have the America that they want. And we, and it's and there's going to be some point where we're going to be going, you know, this country is going down the tubes because the next generation after us is going to make changes as well. And and sure. that's just the cycle of things. That is how it's going to go. And so if the majority of if the majority of this country wants to be more liberal, if we want to have gay marriage, if we want to have marijuana legalized, if that's what the majority wants, then that's the direction we move because because if everybody is voting in, in you know in that block, then that's how that's how we do it. That's a democracy. And that's how it's always been. I mean, again, you, you, you look back even to the Bible, which, of course, is a cornerstone of truth and, and factualness. Even then, they were complaining about the next generation, about the kids these days. I mean, it, it's always been there. It's just it's more of a fact of getting into your later years that you look back at the world with nostalgia and you think that the next generation is going to screw it up and you, you, know, you miss the, the good old days. Right. I think what's interesting is because now we're living longer and effectively our youth is being extended. I mean, I'm 41 and I'm still in, uh, I'm a very different 41 year old than my parents were at 41 because I'm going to probably live longer than they will. I haven't quite hit the middle of my life where by 41 they had. Right. And so, you know, we're, we, the, what we're experiencing now, the only kind of unique part of it, in my opinion, stems from that fact that we're living longer, we're living better, and, uh, and so that grumpiness age has shifted. And, uh, you know, we've, one, got more of them around because they're living longer, and two, we've got this more, I think, maybe progressive kind of thing lasting into an age longer than they used to. Yeah. So it's all very interesting social dynamics, but it's all constant, like you're saying. Yeah, and if you, you go know, back, and, and it's going to change. Yeah. I Has mean, if you change. go back and look, Plato was was you know was complaining about the next generation. I mean, look at what he had to say about ZZ Top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what was that quote? Yeah. No. Um. No. See, I'm trying to play the straight guy for you. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, thank you. Irony. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <sighs> So yeah, so I it's just it, things that things are going to change. That's the evolution. So yes, it's not my father's America, <laughs> and and it in, at some point my kids are going to be saying it's not my father's America. And yeah. this idea that that is what is going to be our downfall, yeah, it could happen at any time. I mean, Nero could could come and burn the White House, <laughs> or the Canadians. They've or done the, that before. Yeah, the the Canadians. Yeah. They've got the MO. Yep. So talking about change is actually a perfect segue into our next part. Basically, stuff that came out of the 2012 election. Um, apparently, there are three states that um, legalized marriage equality. And that, and I believe... One, and for the first time, um, was it Minnesota tried to pass a... Uh, a Constitutional Sorry, a constitutional amendment, amendment uh, against it, and it right. failed. Yep. So there were four victories for marriage equality this year, and that brings it to, I believe, ten states now have um, legalized marriage equality. You know, and, so. Uh, it, yeah, so, um, what, it was It was Washington, um, it narrowly passed there, Maryland, and Maine? 
Yep. And but here's the thing is that I, everybody's talking about those victories, but to me, the actual the more important victory was actually the Minnesota victory because if they had added to their constitution that marriage was between a man and a woman, uh, to me that I think sends us back further than than just saying um, no, you know that that um, voting against marriage equality. But going and saying it's between a man and a woman that that was the one that I I, I really we need I felt I like needed to be one. Yeah, I agree. I don't know, Kimberly. Do do you have a different view on that? No, no, I I agree. Um, I I wish this tide had turned a little bit faster because unfortunately we have those constitutional amendments in a lot of states, including our own. Right Did, here is in that, good old Colorado. Is that in our constitution that marriage is between a man and a woman? Yeah. I didn't realize that was in our constitution. It is, unfortunately. Yeah, that's why they're going with the civil union uh, thing, which, based on the election, has a very good shot of happening in this next election cycle for the state of Colorado. The guy who started that bill last session is now the Speaker of the House. And this is now Colorado local politics. Um, uh, oh, I thought it was a woman. Is it a he? Openly gay. I, now I don't have my names in front of me. I thought it was a guy, and House maybe I've got that information wrong. It's a it's a woman. She's oh, in, she's she, was yeah. she one of the ones then who started it? I know a guy oh, started she in the, the bill originally, but she might have been part of the team that put it together. I, I thought that I thought that I thought it was the Speaker of the House, Colorado Speaker of the Colorado Speaker House is a man. What? Okay, it's a man. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> At the right, but is is. Is the gentleman who is the Speaker of the House, is he openly gay? Okay, he's – okay. I, I, I got the confirmation from my wife. I'm going with it. <laughs> the, so so we have now have an openly gay Speaker of the Colorado House. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. Yeah. So – but again, they 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 can go ahead with the civil unions bill, but because of constitutional amendments. And like I said, Minnesota was one of the – was late in the train of doing that. I don't know the exact number, but I'd say it's probably somewhere in around 20 or so states now have constitutional amendments, which is why this. I, my feeling is it's going to eventually have to be decided at the federal level and be kind of abolished the way slavery was. No, and I would tend to agree with that. I, I think all of these individual um, states, though, that come out and and uh, and and vote for and for marriage equality. And actually this is historic because this is the first time that these have ever won at the ballot and we won and three of them won. Yeah. Right. So right. yeah. We turned in the right direction. Yeah, I think so too. And I think so too. We've yeah. turned a corner for sure. It, it feels like we've turned a corner. I, I hope you're right. I mean it just it, it, it the scary thing is is that what if it gets to the Supreme Court and and they instead of go with with a legal precedent, they go with a political precedent, and we've seen that with with our you know at that level. I think we have anyway. Maybe that's an opinion. Oh, it's definitely going to be a, an interesting couple of years. We've now got a sitting president who doesn't need to worry about reelection. Um, where he'll go with it is will be interesting. Where the the Supreme Court goes will be interesting. So there's there's a lot of stuff on track to. I don't want to make predictions that it will go X way, but it's going to be some interesting stuff to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think that – I don't know. I mean um, the Ninth Circuit Court in, in California is still got Prop 8, I think, and I think that they can still appeal it there and they can uh, and they can bring in more people and then that can go to the Supreme Court. Or they can choose just not to hear it again and send it to the Supreme Court if it's appealed. And I'm sure that they'll appeal it again. 
So I mean, right there could be that could be this the soonest battle if they if they even will hear it. Right, and like you say, it's it's getting to that interesting point. I'd love to. I'm looking forward to that Lincoln movie that's coming out here soon, and just I'd love to hear somebody do a really great historical in depth analysis between uh, you know what happened with the Civil War and the slavery, because of course slavery got abolished in several states and was still legal in other states. And some people, very much like today, had the argument that this is a state's rights issue. And other people made the argument that, no, this is a civil rights issue and needs to be decided by the federal government. And and in a lot of ways, that's, I think, again, I'm no historian here, but that's my understanding of why the Civil War had to happen. Because Hmm. it, it, it got to a point where it was like, look, we've got too many states with opposing ideas here that are conflicting and needs to be settled. Right, but that also had an economic component that this doesn't. Sure. Uh, and uh, they all do. I mean, this has an economic component to it as well Okay. for a lot of people. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, as much as I would pick up a bayonet and a gun, um, I don't think there will be a civil war over marriage equality. But what I'm just saying is politically it, it seemed to get to a point where something had to happen mm-hmm. one way or the other. Yeah, no, I and I and I guess I I don't also I, I guess the the other um, one to look at is the history of allowing blacks and whites to marry, because mm-hmm. that is also another one that that went yeah. through a period of change. Yeah, um, and so that I think we so you could make some direct correlations there as well. Yeah, agreed. And of course, the next big thing that came out of this is Colorado became the first state to legalize marijuana. Uh, in Washington. Washington, yeah, Colorado, and Washington. Yeah, and I guess that, we, we got to, we got to be first just because of the time zones. Is that well? That's work? probably true. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the only reason we're first is because of the time zone. Because our first our, by our an hour finished first, so we can officially say we had it first. <laughs> you know what? Though well, I, I, I I think really though exciting to see what happens with it. I mean, yeah. you know, we've got a federal law that now violates a state two states mandates. Right. What are they going to do? Yeah, I don't know. Well, and that's the thing. Um, Hickenlooper came out right afterwards saying, "Okay, you guys wanted it. That's fine. It's on the books, but don't start partying just yet because we got to figure out how this stuff balances out before we can really do anything with it." Yeah, but didn't and, the didn't the um the the uh, um the what the state's attorney general come out and say, um, and he was against it after one say, "Okay, fine, then we will we'll, we'll stop. We'll we'll go we'll honor this." Yeah, well, the problem is balancing with the federal level because the federal uh, and federal level they start to try and um, go after the medical marijuana. Yeah. So you know this is even going to be a bigger thing for them saying, "Hey, listen, you know, on the federal level we say it's still illegal." So there's a level of balancing out that's going to have to happen, and it's probably a good thing in the end because it, you know it, it's going to mean that hey, you have to look at it and decide is it worth it, and hopefully we can start making some changes in the right direction there as well because it is. And they did it right. They said, hey, let's we'll legalize it. We'll have basically the exact same restrictions on it that we do alcohol. And we'll make it so that, hey, you know, if you're a grown adult and want to do this in the privacy of your own home, go for it. We're not going to go after you anymore. Yeah, you, know, you can't drive under the influence. You're not right. supposed to be giving it to kids. You know, the, the same thing, We same laws we have with alcohol because for the most part, you know, they, they work. They're not perfect. But, you know. Let's stop focusing our attention on what is, to the, for the most part, a fairly harmless drug. It, the problem is uh, not necessarily giving it to the kids. The problem is that sometimes you have no place to get it but the kids. 
Um, yeah, I, 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 I think that on these, on these issues, both of them, I think the genie's out of the bottle on marriage equality, yes. and I don't think they can ever put it back. Right. I think the the very stoned and bleary eyed genie is out of the bong on the marijuana issue, and I think it'll probably be legal within about five years. Wow, you're gonna call you're gonna call five years. I'm thinking five years. I well four, right? I'd say within our lifetime. I don't know quite. I'm actually kind of surprised it's lasted as long as it had. I mean, we're looking at essentially the same kind of issue as prohibition, and that didn't last nearly as long. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, I guess the the question is 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 this a slippery slope? To, is it a gateway to legalizing other drugs? Caffeine is a gateway to utilizing other drugs. <laughs> as far as as far as I, you know, I think it was uh, I don't remember what comic it was. I think it might have been Dennis Leary, but I, he was talking about the fact that marijuana is not a gateway to other drugs. You know, when you start marijuana, you end up making bongs out of everything. It's not a gateway to other drugs. It's, it's a, a gateway, gateway to car- carpentry. fucking carpentry. Yeah. <laughs> I still like Bill Hicks better. It shouldn't be legal. It should be mandatory. You know, stuck in a traffic jam, the guy's honking. <laughs> Smoke that. It's the law. <laughs> but I mean, in all seriousness, it is interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I think it's a gateway drug. I think it becomes a gateway drug in when it's when it's illegal because the only yeah, way you well, can get it is from people who are interested in selling you harder stuff. Yeah, that's if true. you if you can get it without it being you know over the counter effectively, and I don't have to go to somebody who's interested in selling me crack or something like yeah. that to, at a higher well, margin. Well, heroin cigarettes cigarettes are more addictive and probably more likely to make you want to find better highs, and they're perfectly legal. Yeah, I'd... Uh, you know, like I said, caffeine that that's, that should be considered a gateway drug. There's tons of people addicted to that that you know can't do without it. You know, you get into the idea that, oh, it might lead to worse stuff. Like, uh, you'd have to first justify all the other legal stuff that's out there as being better in that regards than pot. And I don't see, I I honestly, I think cigarettes are probably more harmful to making you want to um, try and get bigger eyes from what I've seen. Uh, That's I I can honestly say I've had virtually no experience with cigarettes. But I have had experience with pot and alcohol, and I can be sober, and I've never wanted to try anything more. Yeah. So... You know, I, I but that isn't quite what I was talking about. I mean, if I mean, is this a gateway to legalizing other drugs? Are we gonna? Are, is there going to be an argument? Well, you've already yeah. made marijuana illegal, so why not heroin? I mean, there's more heroin out there right now. Heroin is so cheap in Colorado. My understanding is that that these panhandlers are making enough money panhandling to to get to do two hits a day of this stuff. Well, in the countries that have legalized drugs in general, the problems with them have gone down. Mm. There is a level where by keeping it illegal, it makes it kind of, ooh, I got to do that because that's, you know, naughty and wrong. It, it does add a, um attractiveness to it. I mean, I will only admit, I've admitted before, alcohol. I got drunk more times before I turned 21 than in the 17 years since I've turned 21. Why? Because it was cool. I'm not allowed to do this. Party. And I think there's a mentality like that about drugs and such. When you're told you're I not think supposed you're right. to do it, you know, it, it's a thrill. It, it adds to the high. Yeah, see, and, I, and I'm just the opposite. I I didn't drink or, or do any drugs until I turned 21. And even then, I, I didn't you know, start drinking right away. I, I, I had very little interest in these substances. Actually, I have a friend who um, didn't drink until he turned 21. Once he turned 21... Apparently, he really got bad for a little while there, just going out and partying. So yeah. th- th- there's a you know some mentality there on how you, 
you know, you handle it. But most people I knew rebelled and did most of the messed up stuff before we turned 21. Then once you turn 21, kind of lost the fun. Yeah, I know. I don't know. These these substances are, are dangerous, and uh, they should be controlled. This beer is really good. Yeah. Oh, well, you'll have cops say that they've never had to apprehend a violent pothead. Well, the potheads they, are normally fairly yeah. You go after them, they're not going to beat the crap out of you. You go after a um, violent drunk, you might have problems. Well, didn't the Denver sheriff say that, 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 that it wasn't an issue for that very reason? But I did, I did, you know, I was talking to one of my coworkers after this, and, you know, she was concerned. Now, you know, am I going to have to worry about people out there driving under the influence of this? And I'm like, well... I mean, let's be realistic about it. In Colorado, it's basically already legal. You know, you walk in, you tell your doctor, hey, my back hurts. It's like, well, there's your card. You know, I mean, it was so easy. The medical marijuana stuff seemed like it was, I mean, everybody had their medical marijuana card. Uh, I, I, I know people who, you know, have done it that easily. You know, they didn't have to really do anything for it, and they have their cards. So, it, yeah, it, yeah you're right. It did not seem like it was difficult to get these cards. So no, and it wasn't like before it was even medical marijuana was legal that you weren't on the road with stone drivers. Well, I, I yeah. So I don't know what the statistics on those are, but my feeling is is probably not going to change now that it's legal. Um, the people that were doing it were doing it anyway. I I, I doubt, and there there will be some right, of course, but that that there's going to be this rush for now that's legal for people to go start doing it. I, I just yeah. I, I don't I agree. foresee I don't, that. I, I think that's one of those fear things is that they're like, oh, now it's legal. Everyone's going to be stoned. I think the same people who have been getting stoned for 20 years are going to continue to get stoned. The next generation is going to get stoned at the same rate the last one did. I don't think it's going to have a huge effect. It's just what's going to be interesting is employment law, for example, You know, where um, I've worked in the financial industry so long, and they always give you a drug test before you can start in the financial industry. Well, it's not like we give anybody an alcohol test before they can start a job because it's legal. Now, can you give me a, a marijuana test before I start a job? I mean, now, by the same token, if I show up to work drunk, it doesn't matter how legal alcohol is. Right. You can still fire me for be showing up to work drunk. Same thing, stoned. I don't think there should be any difference there. No. But, um, but can you test me because it stays in my system longer that I've had something to smoke in the last couple of weeks so again i, I don't know i mean i've never I've, I've never worried about a drug test in my life and i'm still not worried but it just brings up those legal issues of if it's legal why how can you tell me not to do it while i'm not on the job well the other thing is is because of the point that you're making that it's in your system how do we know when how is is there a test that can tell me whether they smoked it within the last hour or the last day so I don't know how to answer that question either. So uh, there's definitely some some questions here that need to be answered um, that that probably haven't been addressed at this point. There, you know that, um, but I think that's okay. Um, you know because now it's legal. Now now we have to go back and say, okay, how do how do we address all these things? Right. Right. Now we get to figure it out. Yeah. And it is interesting to note that you know places like Amsterdam, which had legal marijuana, have really kind of cut down on the whole thing. They they don't want to be that, you know, um, drug, what do they call it, drug, um, eh, people who basically travel to Amsterdam just to get stoned. Oh, they yeah. didn't want that traffic. Drug so tourism. the question is, will Denver and Washington get the, or Colorado and Washington get that traffic? Right, um, but the it government was, it might not. very profitable for them for quite a while. Well, but the government may not want it, but, there are, but they, had, they had, if you have a establishment 
who gives you a menu of different you know types of marijuana i mean that you you, you are cultivating it and are we yeah. going to see that here? I, I mean, right now, I don't think the laws really permit that. It's, you get it, you can have an ounce. It doesn't sound like you can set up a store. And actually, if it's only an ounce, I don't. I'm not even sure how you can sell it because you can, because the dealers are going to be limited. So I, so I, I'm not sure how you how you deal with that issue. Yeah, I don't know. And if it is legal, it's like it's illegal. It's I can drink one beer and probably drive. If I drink two or three, or ten, I can't. Um, how did how does that work with marijuana? But yet there's a liquor store where I can go and buy any liquor I want and bring it home. Why? why I mean, why should it be different with marijuana? Why can't I go to the marijuana store and, and pick up you know yeah. several different varieties? So I I think that I mean the law is short sighted in some ways. Oh yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you this too, from my personal view, I did vote for it, but I really had I, I struggled with it because I thought it was stupid that it was a constitutional amendment. Well, I, I I thought it should have been a law, and I would have voted all day long for it to be a law. But I really struggled because it was a an amendment to the Constitution that seemed really hard handed. to Yes, me. it should have been I statutory. Anyway. I, I agree that it should yeah. have been statutory. That was an issue that I had too. But on the other hand, I look at it and I go, well, what difference does it really make, particularly in Colorado? We amend our constitution. I mean, like it's statutory. We, we make yeah. no distinction in actuality the, with the way that we govern. Yeah, I think they, that that that's one I'd like to see change. Well, it's it, it's it is our history, and uh, you know, you would have to streamline our constitution and and then move this stuff over that that should be statutory, you know, and and move that stuff around. I think right now our our constitution, our Colorado constitution, which I have not sat down and read completely, um, it is kind of muddled with that kind of stuff. So, unfortunately, in Colorado, uh, I think that uh, that a constitutional amendment is as uh, valid as anything with the way that we do things. Yeah. Well, and speaking of valid in this election, so uh, amendments or – yeah, I think it was called Amendment 65 on the ballot, um, which was not a constitutional amendment, passed with a really surprising majority, like something like 70 to 30. But it was not an amendment to the Constitution. It was just basically simply a uh, – a ratification that we all kind of agree that corporate spending should be limited in politics right. with no real there's no teeth to it or anything like that um, it doesn't change anything it just basically says that we all kind of feel this way but it passed really really well and it's going to be another one to see you know if they wind up doing something with it you know again Colorado could become a very interesting state if um, if corporate spending in politics is somehow limited or curtailed or, or just done differently. Well, and again, I hope it is, yeah. but I don't know exactly how it would. But yeah. we, we already kind of have a test case for this, and that's Montana, who basically decided that they did not think that corporations were people, passed, um, and they passed that in their state, and that went to the um, that went to the uh, Supreme Court, and it got nixed. So I would I would have to guess that ours will be challenged. It'll end up at the Supreme yeah. Court and be nixed. But it, you know, it's still it's symbolic. not like it's not like uh, corporations don't try to in- influence the way that their employees vote anyway. Yeah, we saw a lot of that. Well, we saw a heck of a lot of that in this last election. We did. Yeah, and we saw people basically saying, "Oh, by the way, if Obama wins, I'm going to fire you all." So, yeah. you know, make sure you vote the way that I want. Well, let's not forget what Ted Nugent said. He said, if Obama wins next time this year, I will either be dead or in jail. I don't know exactly what Ted Nugent meant by that. 
Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm not sure what he meant by that either. Um, both he and Donald Trump went off on a pretty, pretty, pretty amazing, uh, amazing Twitter meltdowns. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, the meltdowns have been. I mean, yeah. Well, okay. It. I mean, clearly we're we're on the left. I think that uh, that's clear. And so watching the meltdown of the right, it's it's, it's Schadenfreude, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So you know, enough about Colorado. Why don't you tell us about uh, Arizona and Grand Canyon ownership, Ian? Well, this was an interesting one. Um, apparently, Arizona actually tried to get a law passed that would have given ownership of the Grand Canyon and other federal land to the state. And it didn't pass, so um, the Grand Canyon is still a um, federally owned national park. But it just was kind of interesting to think about how ownership of something like that. Well, I was going to say, can they do that? Can they tell the federal government, you know what, we had a vote on this, and it's ours now? I'm not sure. They tried. They tried to do that, but I have no idea how that would have come out. You know, if they would have passed it, it's one of those things like, wait a minute, you know, would, could that happen? And it's just one of those things where it, it, it almost seemed like it is more symbolic than anything else. That like, hey, listen, you know, we, we are making you have to think about it. But it, I don't even completely understand the whole point to it outside of maybe they were thinking, hey, we could start letting corporations take it over. We don't have to follow all the protection laws or something. But you would think maintaining something like the Grand Canyon is pretty pricey. And you, for a state to be wanting it, I doubt they would get any, make really any more off of the tourism than they already do. Because the tourism dollars go to them, really. But you know, it, it being a federal land means that federally you know, the government is the one that takes care of maintains it. So right. I'm not sure what the, the overall advantage to this was either. Yeah, it it seems weird. I, I I would. It's 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 a grab for tourism dollars. Yeah. I mean, the Grand Canyon is the thing in Arizona that most people come to see. Yeah, but I don't think they make that much more. I doubt the Grand Canyon, in and of itself, makes that much money. The tourism but it's dollars. A yeah, you know, the tourism dollars they're getting, they're already getting. They have companies in and around the Grand Canyon that are are paying taxes to Arizona. Not to, you know, so they're making the tourism dollars already. So I doubt them taking control of it would have upped that noticeably enough. Well, they could have changed the way that it's being maintained, and they might have been able to you know back off on some things that they were doing, back yeah. off on protections and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, thing, the, the, if you look at the article, the first thing it talks about is jurisdiction over air, water, public lands, minerals, yeah. wildlife, and other natural resources, and that's probably what you know they. Uh, which, to me, I'm glad it didn't pass if that's what they were trying to do because you don't want to see something like the Grand Canyon strip mine. Well, yeah, and that, and you probably don't want a whole bunch of people in there drilling for oil and stuff like that. Not that I'm, I know that there, I don't know that there's any in that area. I've never seen right. a survey. Um, and actually, we've never, I don't think we've processed any Arizona data. But, but that's uh, what it feels like they were trying for is, hey, we want to start, you know, selling the soft corporations for them to do whatever the hell they please with it, which, yeah. I mean, that would almost counter. The whole point of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, that. Yeah, I don't know. And I and I, it scares me the precedent that this could set because Utah could go. Huh, well, we got arches and dinosaur. Yeah. You know, and and then in Colorado's going. Well, we got part of dinosaur, and there could be a fight over that. So I'd kick Utah's ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but well, but I would hate for that. I, those areas are beautiful. I, I don't want them to. You know, yeah. I, would, I don't. Uh, I, uh, the national park idea is a great idea. Yeah, I don't. It really you know, is. It, it scares me that the um, conservatives seem to want to get rid of it. That's what it felt like there. You know, we we don't want the national park idea because we won't be able to roll with the land. It's like we need to preserve stuff like that. The beautiful. You know, don't just let um, some corporation come in and destroy it. No, we'll keep it the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I. I, I just wonder if they could have done it. Such a high margin, then. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand the laws here. I, I did. Could they actually have done this, or was this just some people that who thought they would try it? Don't know. That's the thing. Uh, you know, it, it gets a bit funky. Well, I was telling you earlier today that my understanding is in 15 states in the country, people have filed petitions for those states to separate from the union, separate from the United States. And while it, all in all, that's more of a symbolic gesture. How could it, you know, what level could they take it to? I mean, supposedly um, the Texas Congress is actually seriously debating this now and stuff like that. It's like, what would happen if these states tried to declare themselves independent now? Well, here's How the, would that work? Yeah, I don't know. There's an interesting thing with Texas because right now Texas is taking in more federal dollars than it, is, than it sends to the federal government. So looking at their financial situation, that's probably not a good move for them. Yeah, well, in, if you look at in general, it seems the conservative states are the ones who are uh, more de- in de- are more dependent on federal government than the liberal ones. Right. So these states that are saying, hey, you know, we want to leave, kind of like, okay, well, you'll save us money, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting – I mean it's certainly um, – Texas has the right to secede from the union. They can do that if they yeah, choose to. Um, that's that, the only state that actually has that in its constitution. Right. So so all the so all these rest of these guys but – but here's the thing is that I bet every one of those 15 states – I haven't seen your article, but they all must be red states. Am, am I wrong? Um, actually, I think Colorado was listed as well. Colorado is one of them. I think that this is you're talking about the people putting up information for secession. So yeah. who's doing these this? These are individuals. Oh, they're individuals. They're not states. Okay, never mind. They're but, not but, states. They're okay. they're individuals, uh, basically grousing. So it's conservatives that are whining about not winning yeah. an election. Yeah, more or less. But it's an interesting thing that they can, they're doing that. Because it, it, while it's symbolic, I think they need like twenty five thousand signatures to even get it taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that, from what the article said, could be taken seriously. It could be looked at like, okay, we actually have to address this. I say we round them all up, taser them multiple times, and ship them to Canada. <laughs> no, I say we still. ship them. We ship them all to Texas. Let Texas succeed. Well, I mean, I, I think shipping them you to know, the fifty first states is a good in, idea. In Davy Crockett gave his life to keep Texas a state. God. These aren't the jokes you're looking for. Don't be disrespecting. These aren't the jokes you're looking for. But no, let Texas succeed. Let everyone who wants to live in a pure conservative country go over there. I have a weird feeling it won't last too long, but... these These kinds of things are emotional reactions. Yeah. And... And unfortunately, whenever you make a decision like this based on emotion, it isn't always well thought out. In fact, I would say it's never well thought out. So you get the twenty-four minute rant. Yeah. So I don't even know that it, exactly. That that's an interesting one. I'm not even sure that I would consider these symbolic at this time. I would just consider them emotions. 
that they're just emotional responses. It's not really symbolic of anything. Yeah, these people are upset. Things did not go their way. And people are always upset when things don't go their way. Right now, things kind of went my way. I'm pretty pleased with, with, yeah. the, with the turnout. But there's some scary things that happened in this election, and I think that Kimberly was talking about one. You know, when you when you have to say in an election, hey, did the rape guy win? And the response to that is, which one? That's a scary yeah. thing. I don't think any of them won. Win. Well, none of them it's did crazy. win. And, 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 I, and I would say, okay, I'm not a statistician. I'm no Nate Silver. But I think that those kinds of things very much hurt the Republican Party in this last election. I think that if they didn't have that kind of stuff going on, if they weren't disenfranchising so many people, that they would have done much better. They might have taken the, the, the Senate in, the, in, that, in that scenario. But because they had so many rape well, candidates – you know, and that kind of, and these kinds of feelings going around, it hurt them. Yeah, no. I mean, the stuff that was said over this last year, it's some of the dumbest things I've ever heard for people trying to get into office. I mean, you know, there's a certain level of stupidity that's generally there, but the lines that were crossed, it's like, wait a moment, you guys really shut your brains off before you talk? Well, they made Michelle Bachman look moderate. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. And she managed to keep her seat, right? Well, I don't think that the person she was running against was. <laughs> I think that that was the right choice. <laughs> how does that happen? I don't know. I don't know how that happens. I, I would have to look closer at that election. That's something that I heard. Yeah. So. We're going to talk about uh, this but, you know, I mean, video. Speaking of the – oh, go ahead. I, I was just asking, are we going to talk about this UFO video? I haven't. I did not get an out. opportunity to watch this, So, but uh, no, we, yeah, we can move on to that. For, okay. Well, this video, this the report here that we're linked to is actually from, um, I believe, Nine News. No, Fox, well, Fox News. News. Yeah, Fox um, News. It, yeah, a Fox News channel actually covered this thing because um, it was here in Colorado. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm catching myself back up. So Fox News here in Colorado covered this, and basically, this guy has recorded a UFO, you know, unidentified flying object, not an alien, it's for, you know, a UFO from this one spot on multiple occasions. And it went and they got Fox 31 here to go, and they did the same. They set up a camera at the exact spot. You know, pretty much he's been setting up his camera, and they got the exact same thing. It's like, okay, great, you did the first step perfectly. You went and you said, okay, we can get the exact same thing he got, and they took it to a professional and had the professional look at it. Well, what got to me watching this was, well, why don't you try and I don't know, move the camera a few miles and see what you get a few miles closer, since you seem to have an idea of when this event is happening. It was the, the guy stays at the exact same spot and doing the exact same thing. It doesn't seem to be interested in doing any more investigation. The fact that hey, look, I have a UFO, and that's what well, drove me crazy watching this whole thing. It's like you're not doing, you know, this is a recurring thing. You well, seem to know the parameters I'm, of it. Okay, I'm kind of thinking that if he's if he's giving them a spot to set up the cameras, then he could be setting up what the cameras are seeing. Oh, that's true. I was going to say, I, let's uh, the object that we're seeing on there. It kind of looks, you know, I'm watching this, and it's going in the same flight path every time. And it it honestly looks like something thrown or something something. Yeah. The way it moves does not look like it's doing anything on its own part. It looks kind of like it's moving something else and pushing it around. Oh, and, and, uh, and it's it's not any sort of a complex flight path. It no. just looks like something in a straight linear in a straight linear flight path, yeah. which is not necessarily wrong. Yeah, it, it's really simple the way it's moving. Hmm. 
And the, the expert said it could just be debris being blown around. And that's, you know, the, the way it moved, I could see that. Uh, I don't think I'd see, if it's if it's debris, it'd have to be heavy debris from the way it moves. If it was light debris, it wouldn't move that fast. Mm. Well, uh, I would. I think, though, okay. you know, you could achieve the same kind of result by, like, flinging a clay pigeon. I mean, the, the, the guy who did it, he's figured out approximately the area where it must be landing. I just did the quote things with my fingers. But... <laughs> So, I, so everyone can see I'm doing the quote thing with my fingers. I, I know you all can okay. see that. Did they do this but, with a higher resolution camera by chance, or did they use his camera? No, they they used a better camera, and they got about the same thing. But like I said, the, the guy is pinpointing where approximately this is all happening. And for some weird reason, he's not going to that area and trying to get a better look at it. He's staying still on this hillside. And, Which and makes the whole me time, think that he already knows what it is. Possibly. That, and he set it up. Okay. I could see that, but it, it, that, that's why I found frustrated. It's like, dude, you have no idea how big these? this thing is. I mean, either that—that's the thing that they, there's no way to, to say how big it is. No, it it looks like a frisbee or something to me, or you know, even possibly, even possibly an insect filmed from very close. I was going to say the same kind of thing. Like, it looks like a you know a big object very far away. Yeah, but now, small for, objects for, that are yeah. very close look have a similar kind of thing. The expert officially said it um, is when it wasn't an insect. So okay, fine. You know, so what so, kind of experts? I forget. They had a, they had an expert looking at the video who said it was interesting, and he's the right. one that well, said it could possibly be debris of some kind. You know what? It's a, it's a. What are they? What are they experts in though? If they're experts, what? I want to know what they're experts in. I'm an expert in a lot of things, but you know, I have opinions on the video too. My expertise on the video doesn't really really apply. It doesn't look what like are they experts sort of craft. In? It looks like something thrown up that comes back down. Here, yeah, but here's the thing: is that did they did they ask anybody how this could be replicated? Did I mean? And here, I'll oh, no. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that it's a UFO. Well, I can't well, identify. Hold on a second. It. Hold on a second. This is something that is thrown up that comes back down. Well, it kind of looks like that to me. Well, then it must be it must be an alien spacecraft because alien spacecraft are affected by gravity, and this object is obviously affected by gravity as well. Well, but here's the thing: is that are they, is anybody saying aliens? Or are they just saying UFO? UFO I'm saying right? aliens now. Well, yeah, but I'm saying you, aliens. But un- unidentified, it means that unidentified. Okay, great, you found something unidentified. Good for you. Yeah, that's that was my attitude. It's like, dude. Go and do more research. Get closer. Do something. Find out more before you make the big deal about it. Because what you have, um, you know, th- we know nothing about it, and he, he seems to know all, all all this stuff that he's not investigating further that he could easily do on his own. If it's that regular, he he should he should be trying to get closer to it to figure out what it is. Yeah. That's the way I felt the whole time watching this thing. It's, like, it's a kids' a RC. It, it's something. Here's another know. theory. <laughs> Uh, Estes model rocket. There you go. I mean, it could be something like that, too, very easily. Yeah. yeah. Although I don't see any kind of a contrail such as a rocket would have, but... Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, it, it could easily be some sort of, you know, remote control thing, you know, that somebody's flying up and bringing mm-hmm. down. And at a distance, it looks like this. So, I mean, here's the thing, is that we can we can speculate all day long, right? Um, the fact is that no none of us know, right? So it is right. a UFO. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree it's a UFO, but... I said, this is the way he was, the guy was, his name's not given, we never see his face or anything, but the fact that the guy seemed to be making a big deal over this, that he got it on the news, 
and he's not doing any other research that to me would be so simple and so logical to do. Yeah. Well, you know, it's is, like, the question is then, was his whole intent to get on the news? Because he did it. Yeah, that's true. Well, if I'm doing a hoax, I don't want to be identified either. Not that I'm saying he's doing a hoax. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't know that no, either. You're only implying it. I'm only implying it. I don't know. I, I actually don't know that it's a hoax. I mean, he could very well just be seeing something that he can't identify, and it could be that simple. But if you don't want to take the, ex- the next step to try and track it down, if it's that regular, if it's that regular, you're going to be able to you know track it down and find it. The, the more interesting thing about the people who claim that they're finding aliens is that most of these events are one-shot events that you know for whatever reason they manage to catch. If it's a regular repeated event like he's saying it is and if, you, if other people are able to go out and film the same thing, you're going to be able to find out what it is. Yeah. Why? Why leave it at, at at UFO at that point? Let's get closer. Let you know. Let let's let's track this thing down. So and but even the news reporters didn't seem interested in that. They just they no. just, they they had a they had some filler for their show. Right. That's the other thing. It very much felt like the news reporters were like, hey, we got something that will attract a few people. It's like, you know, right. come on, be investigative journalists for once. Go out there, really. You know, like I said, the first thing they did made sense. Okay, this well, considering that it's that's, considering that it's Fox News, though they may have just been trying to take their mind off the election. <laughs> well, it's not Fox this, News; it's Fox Thirty One. Yeah, it's Fox Thirty One. They're they the they're Fox. yeah they're they're slightly different, but they're they still owned by the same corporation. Yeah, My they point. don't have to be quite yeah. as brainwashed. No. All right. So, I, so yeah, I just thought it was interesting to look at the fact that you know it, it it's being looked at but not explored enough. It's like. Go to the next level. It's definitely something that you should be able to learn what's really going on. But there are people in Colorado that they could contact if they really wanted to try and track this yeah. down. If they wanted to, they could contact Brian and Baxter. Hell, heck, but, even though we're kind of defunct, they could contact the you know the Center for Inquiry. That, and you know, and, and IIG could take a look at it. We could at least find some experts and put something together if they really wanted to. You know, to do that. Heck, they could have contacted Mufon. They didn't even contact MUFON. So, well, I, I, I don't know what good that would have done. I think that, uh, wasn't she like a Chinese warrior? These aren't the jokes you're looking for. Ah. <laughs> hey, another silence. Yeah, well, you know. Got a lot of editing to do in this one, right? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> I'm going to have to add a lot of crickets. All right, so it's interesting. But ultimately, they chose not to do anything that would actually solve this. They just wanted to have an unidentified mystery on on the nightly news. And good for them. They succeeded. So, yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Have we uh, have we disenfranchised enough uh, enough listeners this evening? (laughs) I think we did good. No, we haven't. Well, I don't think think we've disenfranchised nearly enough listeners. (laughs) <laughs> I think All right, we're... you get you get to kill off the last three. What yeah, exactly got? the last three. Go for it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't necessarily have anything to do it with. I'm just saying we haven't done enough. Well, hey, you guys. I, I guess I should ask. You know, I mean. And I should preface this with, well, you know, what I, I know where you live. Now that you've all been on Dumbass's show, what do you think of the guy? I, I can say you know, my feelings about Dumbass are complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about our last three listeners, you know. So, uh, Mac, what, what do you what do you have to say? Well, you know, I, I felt pressured. Pressured? Did you? Pressured. Really? I hmm. did. 
I, I, didn't, I didn't tell him anything. I didn't. I swear. I was good. I, I think we can all agree that I'm a nicer guy than he is, though, right? Yeah. While you're yeah, on the phone, absolutely. You say. <laughs> anything you say, Brian. Yep. Yes. yes. <laughs> if, if you say so, we'll agree. Right? Yeah. We don't want any trouble. We'll be good. There's no need to get puppies involved. <laughs> all right. Anything else? No. All right. I think we've driven this one into the ground. Yeah, I think so, too. So, uh, Good night, everybody. Yeah, that's another one in the can, right? Yep. Another one in the can. <laughs> another one bites the dust. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons No Derivatives 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 